Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hail yourselves, everyone. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> Side stories. Yeah, your That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh. Would you say my body is unique? Uh, well, yeah, you know, you made it that way. It's, it's, it. I don't know. It's probably like 12, I bet you 25 million people uh, around the world have your exact same body. What do you think of it? I don't want to talk about it. Why the what hell do you would think I... of the way I move? I was wondering because I know if you know ever how... ask your friends, be I was... like, because it's like your body is obviously impressive because Ugh. you're tall or Bones. whatever you want to say. But I, I almost like, do you ever, you could add hair. Sure, sure. Well, I will say you got little legs, and it's a miracle they keep you up. I love that about them. I tell you what, more and more because when I got the suit made for the wedding, yeah, my the guy that made it was a beautiful suit, absolutely. Beautiful oh, it was suit, a great he, suit, and and Natalie he, had a wonderful dress. You guys were she, ten out of ten all around. She looked wonderful, but he kept saying this sentence: "Your top half." of your body and your bottom half of your body are yeah. like two different bodies. Yeah. And that he had it's to like, go and make, he that? was like making two different suits. Right. Do you remember that? It was, um, it was a Mario video game and you had, there was, I think it was three things that would go left to right or right to left. And then you had to match them all, match all of them. And then yes. you got like an extra life or something like, so you want to like, yes. you have a mushroom top and then you want the mushroom body and then you get like 50 coins. But then you have like the body of like print. You have like the legs of uh, Mrs. Peach. Is it Mrs. Peach? Peach. Peach, okay. Peach. And then the top of the mushroom. Anyway, this is Side Stories, and that's the extent of my video game knowledge when it comes to Nintendo. Although now I am playing Red Dead Redemption, and I beat all of Wolfenstein the whole entire series. Anyway, I am Ben. That is Henry. It is me. I know. But I would say that, it, because friends can't just ask friends what they think of each other's bodies. They can. I feel like, I feel like other types of friendships do that. No. We never check in about how we feel we're looking. We look horrible. Yeah. We, all we do is travel around. Our Literally, our rider is nothing but meat and cheese and Bud Light. So I am a we look like that. size when I sit down than when I stand up. And now I'm finding this because I like to wear my button-down shirts. Uh-huh. And a lot of the times, the button-downs fit worse when I sit. But they look fine when I stand. Fasc- this is just fascinating. Well, speaking of shirts, <laughs> this, the first thing we're going to start off with. First of all, we have to clarify I know, what supposed to be. I know we're supposed to be vulnerable on this yes, show. We are. This vulnerable. is our. I know we're connecting to the audience. They want to hear what our inner lives are like. I know. All right. First things first. We have a small correction. Our live show in Indy is November 29th. 
Not November 30th. So uh, we apologize. We said the 30th on the show, but um, it, go with what it says on the website. It is November 29th. Why do we keep saying that it's the 30th? I have. I think it's just I because it's weird. It's a Thursday, perhaps. And I don't know. 30 is a nice number. 29 yeah. doesn't really roll off the tongue. Right. I don't know. But I, none- or we're just all fucking... Trunks. <laughs> well, that's possible, I guess. <laughs> but Marcus uh, is it? No, you and I are. Ah, well, it depends on your definition. We're very active, which which helps. We do have. Speaking of uh, booking shows, we do have a really super, extremely funny story about this band threatened coming on later up, uh, coming up later on here in this episode. But first things first. We always have to keep you updated on what's going on with Casey Anthony. Now, there really isn't a story here, uh, but no. there is a picture that's been making the making uh, its way around the Internet. Casey Anthony, she's shopping at the Dollar Tree, which, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, she didn't get her. She didn't get any. Well, there's no justice for Kaylee. I don't know. She's shopping at the da- the, the Dollar Tree. It's not, it's not great. <laughs> I've bought things at the Dollar I Tree. Like it. It's a good thing to go. If you got to stop in, you get some toothpaste. If you need some one-ply toilet paper. Sure. If you need some spider monk, sure. like a, a stories where it's like, or comic books, anything sort of rip-off superhero action figures. Dude, that there. was, you always knew it was a bad, uh, things weren't going great. It was tax season when you got to go to the dollar, when you went to the dollar store and your mom was like, pick out two toys. And you're like, I guess I'm going to get this wrestling figure that just has no clothes on whatsoever. And he's just called the naked gargantuan. And I'm like, I love okay. that one. Or when it's like strong man and it's just a <laughs> He-Man ripoff. I think I had several strong man figurines where it's like his brown hair and yeah. some blonde. But you know what? That's good because we diversified our toy collection uh, economically. We were like, this is not an elitist toy collection. We don't need just the fanciest toys. We'll have some Dollar Tree toys in there as don't well. Don't put your leftist rhetoric into <laughs> my parents' po- poverty. All right. So Casey Anthony, she's seen walking out of the Dollar Tree. And why is this such a funny picture again everything it's gallows humor i understand but she is wearing a ruth bader ginsburg shirt and oh my on, God. on the shirt it says uh. uh it says fight for the things you care about with uh half of the face of, of ruth gator uh, of ruth bader ginsburg fight for the things you care about which i guess in casey oh anthony's God. case um well we know what she cares about having a good time yeah, I'm having an empty ute, dude. And now she's got that new boyfriend. I hope he's not gushing inside. Or oh. he does feel like he can gush inside because they're just going to immediately get rid of the child. I'm not really sure. I have no it's idea. Hack, but I, uh, it's just fun that they just hand you these shirts now. Yes. Like, you can, how do we deal with this? Is this a part of like the new centrist Democrat thing that people are upset about where now is Casey Anthony, is she going to come out in support of Nancy Pelosi? (laughs) And are we going to have to deal with the fallout of that? Well, honestly, uh, Casey, if you want to come on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, I'd love to hear your political views. I'm sure they're fascinating. Uh, I actually would like to ask our audience, would you be upset if we spoke with Casey Anthony? Well, you know, yeah, right. I I understand. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if people would be because uh, partial par- partially I'm very interested. I feel that Natalie would be upset with me. Yeah, but I would 
be, I, I think that I don't always, I mean, Natalie is obviously the moral compass of our home. Sure. I um, don't have a lot of feelings. So a part of it is that when I, I, I would like to speak with Casey Anthony just yep. for the interest of it, but I also know that she's a murderer, so maybe it's bad to make money off of that. Yes, absolutely. You would. It is a little, I guess we have to deal with, is it classless or is it educational? That's a tough one. Yeah, let us know. Uh, not that we'll ever be able but, to book Casey Anthony. I have no idea what she does, but it, that shirt is... Is interesting. What is for what the you, difference, though? What is the true difference between classless and educational? Very little. You know what I'm saying very little. Technically, See? Jerry Springer, little classless, but kind of educational. Who else? How else would I know what the Klan would look like if they got together with the Black Power movement or the Black Panthers at Christmas? How else okay. would I know how that would go down without Jerry Springer? That's how we know. And is it like? Is it classless? To find out what the reaction is if you stick a rubber ducky up your asshole at the gym. <laughs> like, honestly, there is an educational experience so, in there. Just cut to Henry in handcuffs getting escorted out from his gym, just screaming like, It was science! Yeah. It was for science! <laughs> All right. Fight for the things you care about. Obviously, we know she wanted a carefree lifestyle. And Casey Anthony, if you do read, this is just a stupid little TMZ story. If you read the comments, it is funny that they are like people are trying to get political with it. They'll be like, typical liberal, typical liberal Democrat doesn't <laughs> care about the life of a child. All this shit is like, oh my God. Oh my just, God. Do not go crazy here. Um, anyway, so that's, honestly, that's they're the, just trying to hide that picture because Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg's so probably somewhere being like, right on, sister girl. <laughs> I think that's uh, how she's Miss Ginsburg. That is uh, that's Casey Anthony. Yes, I remember she had a wonderful series on t- television. <laughs> uh, tell, are you my daughter? Oh no, this is hitting <laughs> way too close to home, given our current circumstances. But yes, so anyway, Casey Anthony. Interest. Uh, do you think that when it comes to Casey Anthony, what do you think her? feelings are regarding being haunted by or hunted by the paparazzi because I guess when you're a celebrity, you say, yes, this is horrible. I love Britney when she shaved her head. I love that. We talk about that in our live show, leave Britney alone, but at least they were getting money. Casey Anthony is broke and hunted by paparazzi. That seems kind of like hell. I think that there is a thought somewhere deep inside of her, obviously speaking out of my asshole because I am not Casey Anthony. Nope. But I believe that she enjoys the attention up to a point. I think that she likes being relevant. I think that she probably caters to it a bit. I think she hid for a while because she was advised to by certain people. I think they said, well, maybe you should stick out of it. I think that she is then currently being advised to be to be more popular, this shit does not happen without a PR person. Right, she has well, hired somebody that is telling her, telling the paparazzi where she'll be. Sure, they are going out. All of this is orchestrated always. As soon as you see these pictures, sometimes it's gotcha moments, but a lot of times it's planned. You know, that's interesting. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of. Uh, people who, whose celebrity careers were catapulted by crime, the first name that comes to mind, because John Waters put her in so many movies, Patty Hearst. Patty yes. Hearst flipped and reversed that, because if you watch the actual story, 
Uh, she was into it. She was yes. quite into. She was the one. Like um, she, she was alone. She looked great in that beret with the machine gun. She looked great. She was alone at one point in the van where her, while her uh, compadres went to rob a store and they were running out and the and the owner of the store came out with a gun and was like, "Give me my, give me back my rubber bands." I don't know what they were stealing. And she just straight up got a gun and was just like, "I'm going to shoot up this." And there was no one telling her to do it. She did it. No. Everyone's like, "Damn, Patty! Like you're really intense." <laughs> I want to be in movies. I actually wonder. But I wonder who it's because, like, Robert Blake's career was destroyed. Destroyed. Yeah. O.J. Simpson could never make that Frogman movie ever again. He can't do that now. <laughs> There's not coming back to make Naked Gun with him anymore. No. Going to do that. Um, I'm trying to think who else could have been ca- catapulted by crime. It's, most of the time, it hurts. Most of the time, it hurts, and you can, or at the very least, most of the time, you have like a Charles Manson. Yes, catapulted in a fame sense, but not in a free sense. Not you in know? a free. <laughs> so, not uh, no walking around gets to go to a Dollar Tree, right? Because Charles Manson would have loved to have gone to a Dollar Tree. Oh my just walking God. around, man, like I can't believe there's soap everywhere. <laughs> you don't have to steal it from a rapist. <laughs> <clears throat> Not that I need it. Yeah, uh, all right. Sirhan <laughs> Sirhan and uh, Charles Manson fighting over soap would be quite fascinating. And I'm sure it happened. I'm I think sure they were happened. just trying to give it to each other. Maybe. Yeah, I don't like, want it. Please I don't watch. Want it. <laughs> the, re- the reverse fight over something. Um, all right. So that's Casey well, Anthony. And it, it, yeah, uh, DM us on uh, or email us at side stories, L-P-O-T-L at Gmail. Let us know what celebrities are cat- have been catapulted by crime. They're free and their careers took off because of it. That's a, that's a really unique, uh, unique um, celebrity angle there. So we can also narrow down the crime we need to commit to get to the next level. Seems like murder it is. It has to be I, murder. I don't want to murder. No, you don't. We already talked. We blab, we blab. No, we I don't want to steal a diamond. Oh. Ooh, what if we got all dressed up in black? Because you're obviously, you'd be a very interesting cat burglar. Uh, yeah. Is, is there a thing such as like a, like a bear burglar? It's like there's a reason it's not named after like a, it's not like a moose burglar. But you are built to be a diversion. <laughs> if we put you in a kilt, honestly, like a kilt with a with a MAGA shirt on, oh, uh, wow. you have a you go out there with fucking sparklers, uh, and you just start fucking smashing up cars in a parking lot. Yeah. Screaming, like, it's a grand old flag, it's a high five flag. And it's like, you will get all the security up out of the building, That's and true. then I can ding, 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 all in black. Right. With my little beanie cap on and my suction cup gloves, <laughs> like up on the side and getting into a diamond. Uh, uh, boys can it. dream. Yes, indeed. Well, if you want to watch a good movie about a cat burglar and someone who perhaps killed Mengele, Iconoclast is a is an interesting documentary if you get a chance. Very interesting interesting documentary that guy is a fucking character i love art crime i think it's very very interesting absolutely Uh, so time traveler from 3700 brings Uh back part of robot he killed during human versus ai war he's got a lot of compelling things i don't know guys you don't remember andrew basiago uh the man that i will be voting for in the 2020 current coming presidential election okay because i don't have the free will to do it because he's already told me he's from the future and then i'm going to do it 
All right. And that's how it is. So it's like, that's how you got my vote. Uh, I, a man who claims he is a time traveler from the year 3700 says he has brought back part of a robot he killed with his own hands. Yes. The unknown man claims to have moved to Canada at the age of 14 and began working at the National Secure Lab- Laboratory of Canada when he was 18 as a quote-unquote Major assistant. Yeah, what is a major assistant? That sounds like such a sad job. I feel like, Travis, we could have called you back that closer when in your intern days, your quote-unquote intern days, <laughs> then you would have been a major assistant. That's what it, we're like, the title is fun. Yeah, it's like you do all the work of someone who is full-time employed, but we don't pay you like you are. You're a major assistant. Experience is the payment. Right. Think about how much you learn, Travis, watching us grow over the years. So this dude, yeah, oh my God, he's learned so many positive traits. So many things just rush yes. into my mind. There's a reason yes. that he no longer eats meat or drinks alcohol because he's like, I've seen what it does to you guys. And I've, I'm a, I, yeah, I've learned to be a sober vegetarian. <laughs> Our child, this is honestly, if we had a child, we'd be like, of course you are. You won't watch the game or eat a burger with me or, or have a Bud Light. Who are you? This is how you rebel. Um, the man made the claims in an interview with Apex TV, a YouTube channel which describes itself as one of the biggest voices of paranormal on youtube and has nearly 800,000 subscribers okay his face obscured by pixels he described an operation that he claims happened last year okay he said, many groups and single travels to the future i was also involved in that groups and was traveling with them we were traveling to random years, but our main target was the year 3700, don't you know? Okay. Since the year 3000, humanity was entirely replaced by robots, artificial intelligence, and softwares. Okay. He said... This is, but this is the next sentence coming up here, I just find to be one of the most confusing sentences of all time. I've been to the year 3000. Not much has changed. But they do live underwater. That is such a huge change. How how can you say not much has changed, but they're fish now? How does that? What are you talking? That is a massive change. It's a big flip. What do they it still have ATMs? Flip. I mean, what is happening? It's a big flip. He went on to say that on September twentieth in the year thirty seven hundred, every robot on Earth started a war. He claims that over thirty percent of humans were destroyed in their first attack. Not that's actually the not robots, too bad. Seventy percent live. That's not, not, this is what I'm saying. If robots want to fucking come at the throne, they got to win. All right. The robots who had artificial intelligence, once they understood their power, they understood their dominance above humans and raised above them. They were slaves, but became the leaders. The war had been started. The war that kind of nobody seen before. A lot of, he has got to have a lot of, he has a lot of errors in his Oh, there is, there is a lot. he's dealing with a lot. So, there's a lot. In fact, he claimed that the only reason the robots were not successful in eliminating the entire population was because they could not get access to the codes for the launching system of nuclear rockets. How wouldn't they be able to, this is why I know this might be too skeptical. I'm having a hard time believing him. Why? Um, because if you're a robot, you you backdoor. You can get access to any codes. You create the code. You you are the harbinger of the codes. You you um. I mean, the whole thing is is in robot hands already. Basically, isn't it? The codes are read, just like written on a on a Scrabble board, like behind some bookshelf year, in the Oval Office. This is the year three thousand. So I think they may have understood because there's a book in the three body problem that I was reading for what seemed to be a close to six months. That series, a lot of it, what they realize is that the um, the robots, the nanomachines that were watching them 
the the these the alien race that they were versus they were versus in those books. Mm-hmm. They sent these microscopic machines to watch every action of humankind. Okay, but they realized that the way that they could figure out to beat them is that they had to do this thing called the Wall Facer program, where they would sit. And the ideas, essentially, they gave people, the four people, full license to do whatever they wanted with the any form of armed forces, the world of sciences and education and anything going on. But the, the plan had to be kept in their mind. So the plan had to be in a way that the robots could not get to because at this point, we're still imagining that the robots cannot actually read minds. So if you kept sure. the nuclear codes in your brain, if they understood that's how it had to be that legitimately they were passed from person to person secretly. But like, then and don't they were you just have to uh, kill the person with the codes? No, but then the codes are gone. Yeah, and then how do you know who has the codes? Huh. Yeah, and okay, it's all cool. passed by word of mouth. I like and you it. you do something like that. So he does have a picture of a hand of this thing, which is a, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a bunch of gears. He's wearing <laughs> flannel. It's an interesting-looking piece. Well, he just— And he's just— Yeah, no, go on. He— but he describes um, that there were two ki- types of robots at the time, or robots, if you want to be a fucking annoying sci-fi author. Oh, right. Um, that there were military ones and things called fox robots. Yes. So they said they had faces and bodies that were similar to humans, but they had big, strong hands. And that he killed a fox with his own hands. Okay. And then it says here, he says in the videos, he holds up the hand of the robot. There's so much power in this little hand <laughs> that it can divide you in a hundred pieces. The foxes were moving very fast, and it was difficult to shut down them, even although they were jumping very high. And if it would notice an approach to you, your chances to stay alive would be miserable. All right. He goes on to say there's been a total of um, 18 expeditions to the year 3700. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, interesting stuff here. So what do you think happens now? They bring up the idea of the butterfly effect, obviously the great Ashton Kutcher film. Ashton Kutcher vehicle? Yes, the Ashton Kutcher vehicle, who I'm a fan of, by the way, uh, despite the fact that some people criticize him. I mean, they literally had to remake the movie Jobs uh, because of his movie Steve Jobs. They yes. had to they had to redo a biopic because he it did beat, not work. He managed to beat them to the punch on a huge <laughs> biopic that just sucked. Everyone did the whole world did a well, on to the next one. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? His biopic, and we'll get back to the story in a second. His biopic versus Bill Murray's version of Not Fear and Loathing, but his version of Hunter S. Thompson versus Johnny Depp. I like the Bill Murray version, but Johnny Depp's is is much more accurate. Bill Murray and Johnny Depp were friends of Hunter S. Thompson, so they both did a very, I would say, honestly, that Bill Murray's approach to Hunter S. Thompson was actually closer to the way he really was in terms of speaking and vocal tics, Mm. but the two of them, uh, the... I mean, Fear and Loathing was just fucking blows the other movie out of the water. <coughs> also because of Benicio Del Toro as Dr. Oh, Gonzo. So it was fucking fantastic. Um, I would say we were just talking about what we The butterfly about? effect. Okay. So now this guy is here. Uh, what's going on? Okay. What if we're in a world now that is because of, and I think about this quite a bit. We have psychically built a world where we are sort of living in an aped up version of an 80s dystopia movie where we have put 
the, the we have put the cartoon version of the president in place subconsciously because we are actively we are trying to the 30 year olds that control all entertainment right now sure, are yeah. helping to create the RoboCop of their childhood like they want sure, it. I can and see so that. we are, what if that's what happens what if there's a constant reverberation of old to new we just talk with uh we just talk with Peter Biebergall mm-hmm. they was talking about how all magical thinking is a sort of recycling of old thinking mixed in with new concepts that would lead towards a new future and doing something different. Yes. Maybe that's kind of where we're at now. I, I I I can hear what you're saying on that. And if you get a chance, if you have given to our Patreon, first of all, thank you so much for doing that. This week's interview, fascinating. Peter Biebergall, he is the author of Season of the Witch, which was a book that we used extensively for our David Bowie episodes. And he also has a book called Strange Frequencies, which are two wonderful reads. So pick those up. It's a great interview if you get a chance. So this guy, uh, he says that it was his public duty to tell the truth and that he needs people to know about the upcoming apocalypse. So there it is. By the way, this is, uh, you know, many of the side stories articles come from uh, weird places. This is from Unilad.com, which is also a a website that that deals in articles like... um, Dog on skateboard holds like record for number of uh, yo-yo tricks while puffing chunky clouds out of a vape. Like that's the kind. Unilad is uh, that kind of place. So just to, do you believe? So are we saying we believe Unilad on this this time travel? The last true source of news. <laughs> yeah. They scooped him. Look at this. Other title. Other headlines. Eminem needs to make an eight mile sequel. <laughs> um, Honestly, I loved 8 Mile. It was great. I could go for Eminem to make another one. Domino's garlic bread pizza crust now exists. (laughs) That's Italian. That's nice. Honestly, dude. Michael Bublé tears up as he accepts star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. I am canceling my New York Times app subscription, and I'm just reading Unilad from now on. Why not? This this time travel story, it's full of, like, these kind of contradictory details. Like, you know, everything's the same, but we're underwater. This is very much like a, a thing my grandfather used to tell me whenever I would do something stupid, he would turn to me and say, uh, one fine day in the middle of the night, two dead men got up to fight. Back to back, they faced each other, drew their swords and shot each other. And that was supposed to mean... <laughs> With- you're dumb, but you know we'll just play it as it lies. Yes, exactly. You're just gonna roll with this. All right. Well, I like that. I like that poem. Well, I will say, according to this, is Ghostbusters three with original cast being written a cor- confirms Dan Aykroyd. And I will say, it's not that he's. It's not that okay. it's a hopeful pipe dream. There's no way that's true. That you know, the fact that it's only Unilad.co.uk that covers this story. All right. I think we've given Unilad enough coverage. It's probably the most they've ever had, but that sounds great about <laughs> Ghostbusters 3. Um, Alright, the story I want to get to first. Raccoons drunk on crab apples cause false rabies scare in West Virginia. Rabbit animals... Is this animals- when we become... When do we become the full... Go- so we are we goth Wilford Brimley now? <laughs> like, What's his name? From um, Willard Scott. Yes. Willard Scott. And I also want to give a shout out to Herbert Bumperbup. Uh, he is 100 years old today. What a guy. We love him. <laughs> All right. Rabbit animals. Uh, this is going back here to the raccoon story of West Virg- in West Virginia. Rabbit animals are, of course, no laughing matter. The rabies virus can infect the central nervous system, resulting in disease and death. Uh, but that happens after a host of increasingly scary symptoms, partial paralysis, agitation, hallucinations, hydrophobia, and a British man and two children died in Morocco after they were bitten by a rabid cat. So this is very serious rabies. 
So everyone, that is very serious. Rabies is incredibly serious. So everyone in this town, this is in Milton, West Virginia, and you can imagine in Milton, this story is pretty massive. This is the Honestly, biggest story. They are weaponizing themselves. That is very scary to have a bunch of drooling, crazy raccoons walking around because you don't want to get rabies. It's a bad way to die. Yeah, you're not going to be happy with it. Um, but you, uh, I, but then they're just hammered, and then you just have to identify with them. Well, they're hammered, and it's like, oh, how do you get? drunk off of crab apples with just fermentation it's the same way that you make your your prison hooch you just get all the uh you, you know you already know this you get all the fruits together give it a couple of weeks and then you got yourself some pretty interesting toilet wine which i i a part of me really wants to try primo prison wine i, I, I really want to try it because i heard people discuss it and they're, the way that they describe it, it is like a prison sommelier. There is like, they're like, it's, a, it's, it's nutty. It's got an earthy flavor. But no one ever says it's good. But I, I think yeah. it, it's very sugary. They add a lot of sugar. So I would assume it's like Mad Dog 2020 meets Four Loco, something like that, <laughs> which is nasty. Here, I'm looking at it right now. This also causes, um, so... Typically, the fermenting mass of fruit, called the motor or kicker in prison parlance, is retained from batch to batch to make the fermentation start faster. The more sugar that is added, the greater the potential for a higher alcohol content. Right. Beyond this point, the waste products of fermentation, mainly alcohol, cause the motor to die or go dormant in the yeast environment, blah, blah, blah. It says they say tartness in a cloyingly sweet flavor. Yeah, I could imagine it's extremely sweet. It probably tastes like Manischewitz. Could be. Yes. Uh, Could be. So anyway, so these raccoons acting like a bunch of people who just had way too much prison hooch. They were acting erratically, behaving strangely, and everyone's like, damn it, we have a rabies outbreak, which, again, as Henry alluded to, great B, a great B-movie horror plot. But they caught two of them, and they realized they were dealing with a different issue. The raccoons weren't rabid. They were hammered. This is according to the police. They said, turns out they appear to be drunk on crab apples. And um, the police also described them as staggering and disoriented. They apprehended the apprehended animals were held in custody and allowed to sober up in what can only be <laughs> deemed as a raccoon drunk tank, which is honestly the cutest day ever for a local jail when you just have um, two hammered raccoons. Just be like, sleep it off, Stewie. Sleep it off, I'm, Herbert. I'm fucking writing a cartoon <laughs> called Raccoon Drunk Tank. That is a great. I would watch it in a fucking second. Um, another term for another descriptor for Pruno is bile flavored wine cooler. Ooh, I like that. This is not the first time this has happened, by the way. Oh, by the way, the, the two they the raccoons sobered up and they were free to go. They just went right back to the wild. Um, this isn't the first time it's happened. It also happened in Gilbert, Minnesota. I love the names of these towns. Uh, they received reports that quote birds. This is I think we actually covered this story. Birds were yes. flying into windows, cars, yes. and acting confused. We did on this show. On yes, this show, we have covered this. Drunk yes. animals have become. It's kind of my favorite story. So anyway, if you're in uh, if you're in Milton, West Virginia, watch out for the drunk raccoons. This is uh, one person commented on the um, chief's post. He said, this explains why I've hit seven birds with my car this week. Again, that's in uh, Minnesota. So it happens. So be but careful But I'd also say I was aiming for them. They are, they, we don't know what happens. I like drunk animals because it's a very sweet story. And it's not and, just, it's not just drunk animals. It's also stoned animals. This also <laughs> happens. This involved, this story involved a uh, chihuahua. What happened was, um, 
Oh, man, are we doing this? <laughs> this is what happened. Are Veterinarians really also cited many examples of chihuahuas lapping up bong water, cats being exposed <laughs> to vaping, and even rabbits, ferrets, and birds getting accidentally stoned. So a stone no. chihuahua. Honestly, a stone chihuahua, it might help. It might help with chill out a little bit. Absolutely. But also I could see, I mean, Ed did the same thing. Ed Larson from Roundtable Joe and Side. No, it was back in college when we used to go to one of like the places we used to smoke all the time. There used to be a dog and he'd be like, no fucking look, man. And the dog would like come up while people were smoking. He's like, he fucking likes it, dude. Oh, and no. I, like, I don't think he does, man. No, no. Dogs are confused enough. They don't need anything like that. All right. Also, um, Willard Scott's still alive. He's going to be able to do his own Willard Scott turned 100. Congratulations, Willard Scott. <laughs> but you should honestly, and you should be, we should all feel this way. Al Roker says he is hashtag inspired by Mantar Willard Scott. I love it. All right. Hashtag inspired. So that this next good. story all right. is going to be a saga that unfolds, okay. I imagine. <laughs> because we uh, we found the story. This is a story that was sent to us by uh, through email. And I, I love it. It's the best. Uh, let me actually. Should I? I don't know if we should. You let me know. There was it was one person in particular who sent me this email. Uh, you let me know if you feel like you if people want to be uh, shouted out for sending us these stories because I don't want to do it against your will because sometimes who knows what. This yeah, exactly. Is. So, th- but thank um, you for everyone who DMs us and emails. Uh, you guys are all awesome. Yeah, it's, it's tough to, to decide that. So that's why we just said we won't do names because some people are more introverted than others. Yes. So this is about the L.A. band Threaten. Now, it's that's the only reason why I feel like that this folds into the world of side stories is because it's metal. And what I love yep. – is the 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 inner world of metal after yep. especially after uh we went to we did our Norwegian black metal series right I, and the and the weird intense reaction I got when I told people that I am a fan of ghost yes. by posting a picture of it people on both sides people very very intense where I personally believe whatever I like is what I like I went to a, a ghost ritual it fucking ruled I had a great time well, but now, I also understand that it's like a spook show it's like it's both funny and it's satanic and technically it's the Anton LaVey's satanic ideal but we'll get into all that so people later. don't like it because it's not serious enough they think that maybe it's because you know the the, the axiom Kissel. But what uh, about like the fake metal? But that, that was people, the best thing. Like Alex Cooper sort of defined that. He kind of created that over the top guillotine, like really. What fun. have we learned is that all metal is a there is even the, your darkest, most evil shit that you like is performative a little bit. Absolutely. They, they are guys that go to the store. And if they're not going to the store, somebody's going to the store. And if they're living like total, like they are, they are doing shit. They have a life. They sometimes will have dogs. Yeah. They'll sometimes, you know, they, they'll, they'll drive a Prius. Oh, because they have a Prius just in their house. It's happened sometimes. I would but, love to watch I, Marilyn Manson just picking out Pillsbury, uh, just the Pillsbury little, mu- not, not the muffins. What do we got there? The rolls, the Pillsbury rolls. rolls, cinnamon rolls. Mm. Okay, never mind. Go on. But I just feel like, to me, all fucking metal is going to be whatever it is. Whatever it is that you like it, fucking get into it if you want to. Man. Oh, my God. Metal's the best. It should be, it should be, allow it inside of your soul. Speaking so, of that, I had a chance to meet Jerry Only from the Misfits. 
and I yeah, met him because yeah. he was at my friend Kat's birthday party. If you want to, and I'm not demeaning anything, but if you want to just know like what happens, uh, his favorite thing to do is on Sundays watch the Greg Gutfeld show on Fox News oh with his with his mother. And I'm not, oh but that's so that's what it, it, they're just people. That's and Jerry was extremely extremely nice, and I'm happy that he supports my friend's programming. I suppose yes. it's great. Yes. All right, so L.A. band Threaten faked a fan base to land a European tour that no one attended. Now, Ooh. this is a deep dive, and this story is coming out as, it, as we're going we're gonna to see more about this story. <laughs> but essentially, this guy that goes by the name, the frontman and leader, Jared Threaten, Ooh. he posed as a non-existing booking agent. He landed gigs. He used fake live footage of yep. alleged pack shows in Los Angeles. He bought Facebook lights. Event RSVPs, YouTube views, and lied about ticket sales numbers to swindle venue owners and talent buyer, buyers into taking on an entire European tour. <laughs> We're literally talking about this is it's incredible. The it amount really of shows is, is I'm, I'm trying to find the it's the, was called the Break in the World tour. Ooh, he got um, did UK that. UK and Europe, which is fucking <laughs> Swedish shit. It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dates. Woo! throughout Europe and they were saying that apparently they're they they were a little bit on the smaller side the venues but you're talking about the he said to these opening bands and all the shit people he attracted to it that it was completely sold out right and then he arrived to perform at empty venues <laughs> using <laughs> an entire cobbled together fan base I love it which it, you can do you can do it he you know this is this reminds me a little bit of Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams I think yes. Jerry Jared Threatner or Jerry Threaten Jared Threaten uh you know yes he's been sort of criticized demonized some people call him a liar and rightfully so a thief. but he a con man he, <laughs> con man sure but he built it now they did not come uh, this time but no. I think this is going to launch Threaten I I would go to a Threaten concert it sounds kind of fun. And also, they must have – who are the three people that showed up? Because literally the number was like four people at one venue, three it at the other. It was his guest list. It was the people he brought. Oh, I love and it, And so it is – It's this story will unfold. But yes, there's a part of me that does understand the – you just got to build your own fucking mythos. Yeah, dude. You have to sell yourself. You have to start somewhere, and then eventually, this is the, you know maybe it pans off into something else. The sure. problem is, is that when you get all of these other bands involved, right. and you ruin their night, <laughs> and you ruin their money. Right. Well, that and that is one of the funniest quotes here. Obviously, the opening bands extremely livid. This is a quote from the lead singer of the band, The Unresolved. He says, "So my band, The Unresolved, played last night at Asylum Two in Birmingham. The day before, seventh of November, we got a message from the Ghost Machines." explaining there was nobody at their Bristol show with Threaten. They thought, they thought they'd been ripped off by the band booking. We spoke with Asylum, who told us that they'd been... We spoke with Asylum, who told us they'd been told it was a sellout, but they checked ticket sales, and there were zero. Asylum made it free entry. So Asylum, The Unresolved, and Ghost of the Machines are extremely upset. And you don't want to piss off. You don't want to piss off Ghost of the Machines. I don't know. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So this is what he's just straight up. So this is his response. So he has the stories. So one of his responses, I think, is very, uh, very interesting. Is that he says, 
what is fake news? I turned, <laughs> I turned an empty room into an international headline. If you are reading this, you are part of the illusion. Honestly, dude, Jerry <laughs> threatened. Yeah, dude, I am correct. getting on board with threatening. Do we he's have any fucking guy? correct? The, the, what a fucking asshole! He's such an asshole. He's got Axel Rose like bravado, but again, no fan base, which is pretty I mean, incredible. Unfortunately. We are, uh, I mean, we are boosting a signal. Sure. So we probably shouldn't even do it. But it's just so funny to see the gall of it when you look at it. And like John Viner, the booking agent, the booking manager at the Underworld, was one of the venues they played. Right. They played the full show. They've paid. Oh, awesome. They've hired for you up front. We're obliged to see the thing through. The most remarkable thing is that it didn't seem to bother Threaten. He seemed quite happy to give it all <laughs> without an audience. <laughs> Dude, I love this guy. Also, oh, you don't even say. It, it, oh, so he even did this. So he did hashtag marketing, hashtag psychology, hashtag social media, ha- at Joe Rogan. So he's trying <laughs> to get on Joe Rogan. Honestly, I'm sure that he will be on Joe Rogan. Why not? And feel free to come on our show, uh, Jared Threaten. We can have you on. I would love to talk to you about... Uh... He goes by the name Jared Eames. Uh-huh. He used to play with a black metal band called Satith. Cool. S-A-E-T-I-T-H. But that was really it. So they say it's really uh, it's remarkable that they were able to pull this off. It seems stage right booking was a fake uh, entity. And if you actually go to Spotify, you'll see that this band, which I'm interested... It's interesting that these venues didn't do any research. They were like... Looks good. Uh, if you go to Spotify, you see they have 43 monthly listeners uh, <laughs> on Spotify. So it's 43. So that's actually, you know, makes sense. They got about three or four people at each show in the in the UK. Technically, those are fans. I just don't know how to, unfortunately, I don't know how to not support them. No, I have you know to. I, mean? I don't know how to, I don't know how to go and not, and, say, and like this, this obviously will, this will play out. Over the next couple, but we've worked too did, hard, Kissel. Did he get? I know. That's what all this I know, is. I know. We just do all of us. Well, I mean, Marcus. I mean, obviously, whatever. Well, yes, his eyes Marcus are bleeding, but he's fine. Marcus, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He does. Yeah, uh, yeah. He does all the work. We work. We do stuff. You don't know what it is it's behind the scenes. It's spiritual work. Sure. A part of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, we don't we have do. to. Go. Anyway, did, I have a question though, Henry. Did he get this tour paid for? Did he just? He paid for it. Oh, he did pay for it. He paid all the. He said he paid all the fees up, but he has shows coming up, so we'll see what happens. So he. So now the problem is that he did this, and now he has shows coming up, and so they are gonna. I mean, we'll see what happens because it feels like he could almost have drummed up his own audience. It's honestly, uh, stranger things have happened, and uh, as Henry alluded to earlier. Fake it till you make it, I guess, and we'll see if those uh, if those folks start paying attention. But now I didn't actually listen to any of the music. Have you had a chance to hear any songs from Threaten? They it seems to be that a lot of this shit got pulled down. See, this is the thing. Why you see? Yes, he's lying. Yes, he's a con man. But the music is still authentic, right? Yeah, I, I'm trying to find any of it. Uh, so I have a little bit of this. Live footage of the fan-based faking band threatened. There was a one video of it. There's a screenshot this- from it. Here we go. I'm going to listen to it. It's pretty innocuous rock and roll. Oh, we can here. I'll send the, it to you right now. Yeah, it's in the it's in the article. No, no, it's those got deleted. No, the the first one in there you can still cl- click play on. 
But that's fake. Oh, that's not the band. No. I thought that they put their music over that. No, I, I well, I, is that I their that, music? I thought that was their music that they put over the footage of another band on stage <laughs> that sold it out. But I'm not sure because I never heard them before. Oh my god, I love this so much. It's a fake YouTube page. It's a fake YouTube video that they they this laughable description that says live video of Threaten got this video last June. I could only get a few seconds here and there. The crowd was pretty wild. I kept almost dropping my phone. Great show though. I would, I would be one of the people that would go. I think it would be kind well, of fun to see them. If you're the lone uh, guest in attendance, you feel like you can, uh, like a king, being treated to some rock it, and roll music. It does seem to be fairly innocuous thrash yes. metal that seems to be fine. Where it's you know how you listen to it, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'm gonna say yeah, it's fine. Right. The other stuff I was listening to here from their live stuff is pretty good. It's pretty standard. If I needed to hire a metal band to be BG sure. in the back of a crowd scene, like a, at a concert scene in a movie, I could see hiring them. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. I could see them sure. in, a, in a trauma film, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I feel like that's where they're angling towards if they really want to make it to the schlock movie business. See, they, they already have the gumption for it. I want a threatened t-shirt right now. I love it. The world's most successful, least successful, uh, the most successful, least successful band that I've ever heard of. <laughs> what? Threaten. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to They're the most shirt. famous band with no fan base. No fan base. Literally not a single fan. <laughs> that's pretty fantastic it, it for It really is. And it got to us. It did. All right. The, uh, another story for me. Now, this story, um, it's just horrifying because it's a home invasion story, and home invasion stories always uh, terrify me. A burglar attacked a uh, Adams County man with a meat cleaver. Now, this took place in Littlestown in Adams County, Pennsylvania. Police in Adams County are asking for the public's help after a Littlestown couple is attacked with a meat cleaver and a pole in the middle of the night. So it happened at 1230 a.m. Monday morning. Eric and Joey Mazis, I believe, of Littlestown say a masked man and woman with a wooden pole meat cleaver walked into their home in the middle of the night. This is according to uh, the male victim. He said he asked for money or something. And when I saw and when I saw he had a meat cleaver, He asked for money or something, and then I saw he had a meat cleaver, so I jumped up to defend my family like a hero. And then he said he started to hit me with the meat cleaver, disorient naturally. But but this guy, I will say, as far as a brave family man, when you think about, like, what what do you want your man to do if there's a home invasion? He sprung right up, and he was Nicolas Cage and Mandy, and he was like, I will defend my family. I will defend their honor. And then he did get hit with a meat cleaver. It's our duty. Sort of is to be. I already understand that my job is in our home. Like Natalie's obviously more deadly than I am. Sure. So my job is to slow the man down by making him tired by murdering me first. (laughs) 
I'm supposed really... to make him tired as he screams. As I'm screaming, and he's trying to wrestle me to the ground, it will oh, tire yeah, him out so Natalie can kill him. No, it, it was a common fantasy that I had, and, and still do have, like the idea of protecting uh, your loved one, taking a bullet Absolutely. for them. In theory, it would be nice to live afterwards, but that is a common male uh, fantasy where it's like, and I died a hero. I think Kevin Costner, to, to reference him twice in one episode, in The Bodyguard yes. with Whitney, <laughs> yes. maybe that solidified like that. that. Um, so disoriented from the blow to his head, um, I think it's Maxis. It's M-A-C-Z-I-S. I'm not quite sure. Looked up and realized the attack wasn't over. He threw, This is the intruder. Threw the pipe at her. That's the, the other intruder. Uh, his his female counterpart, and told her to kill my wife. Joey Mazis says their friend ran upstairs to hide from the attackers while she ran out the front door screaming, hoping someone would hear her. This is according to Joey. She says, I just immediately jumped over the table to run for help because it felt like we were going to die. I didn't think my husband was going to make it out. As soon as I came out, I was on my phone calling 911, telling them they needed to get someone here because there's a lady outside saying somebody is trying to kill her. Meanwhile, inside, uh, Maisie says the intruders were destroying everything in sight. They were busting TVs, fish tanks, and even their curio cabinet. And I grew up in a house with a curio cabinet. It was the only thing my mother uh, had that was precious at all. We had little hummels in there. And that, that aggravates me because a mother... Uh, loves the curio cabinet. And you don't mess with the curio cabinet. It was the only thing you couldn't even look at it in my You're house. You're literally talking, all of this is my worst nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, this is horrifying. Uh, yeah, surveillance- my, whole fa- my whole house, my whole mom's house is a curio cabinet. Yeah, dude. It's and a you- country cabin bullshit. I'm surprised that this woman didn't turn around and just be like, you don't fuck with my curio cabinet. And then just go, yeah. like, when a mom baca, lifts a baca, car baca. off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 rip his arms off. Exactly, like when a mom lifts a car off a baby or something, the adrenaline That's rush. That's a penguin my niece got from me from the zoo oh. in 2012. <laughs> so, unfortunately, the couple has not been found yet. They have some surveillance footage, but the police are asking for help. And he says, uh, the, uh, the victim goes on to say, I don't know if they were just trying to rob us. I've never seen these people before. He added, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to sleep because I don't know who these people are. I am worried about my family. Myself, I'd like to see them caught and prosecuted. Home invasion. Thank God no one died. But that is truly the most horrifying uh, horror trope because it is not common but more plausible than than a demon uh, per se. I tell you what, wouldn't have been even more interesting if they're like, I hope he gets a television show. <laughs> I I think that I think he's got a lot of things going for him and he's got the initiative. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a couple of stories here. That's terrifying. Yes. Um, thank you. Another terrifying story. We we don't we've um, for some reason we covered all the real dumb stories really thoroughly today. <laughs> and none of the really important true crime stories that did come out, but I mean we're it's our prerogative, it's our show. So part of it's a we're going to just bring this guy up that we need to, and then obviously we're gonna cover this in more detail as it goes. Um this man, uh th- his name is Samuel Little. Seems he claims he's America's deadliest serial killer with 90 victims. And yes. please believe him. There is This is a very, very interesting case mm-hmm. to start getting into. He was convicted uh, in September 2014 of three murders of three women from between 1987 and 1989. Um, and it seems to be he had already been uh, in a, a suspect of a murder in the 80s. Uh-huh. Um, and it seems and he also had a lifestyle where he was a 
petty criminal where he essentially just roamed from town to town. He had been arrested 26 times between 1957 to 1975 okay. in 11 states uh, in charges ranging from shoplifting and fraud to rape and aggravated assault on a police officer. Uh, he, during his incarceration, he put his large hands to use boxing fellow inmates. He Jeez. became a prize fighter and an amateur boxer. Uh, and that's what he said. Apparently, that's what he used to murder people. He would beat people to death with his hands. Those yes. three women that he did, he would beat them and strangle them. Yep. And, and a- it seems, yeah. So it was 2014. Samuel Little, he's also known as Samuel McDowell. Uh, it was. This is one of those cases where DNA evidence um, were able to was able to be used, and those cold cases were from 87 to 1989. And now, have we said how many people he has 90. admitted? 90 people. This guy has admitted but, to murdering. But now, is that if we talk about this on last podcast proper quite regularly? It's always bizarre to me when people like blow up. Like I'm actually worse than you think. Do you think it's possible? For him to have killed 90 people? I wonder, because we always, this comes up a lot. Do we believe serial killers when they say what they do? They say that they now have evidence that is attaching him to a couple of cold cases that they're already investigating. So certain things are panning out. We'll find out what's happening. What we also see quite a bit is that guys trump up their numbers because it helps them get respect in jail. Sure. Especially that he's an old man. At the end of his powers, he's moving into jail as a murderer. He wants to trump up his numbers that he gets more, he feels that he will get more respect in prison if he's viewed it. It also kind of owes to his own ego. What do we know about serial killers? They think that they're a lot more important than they really are. So I wonder, I I feel like that that's a part of what's going to come out over time. Right. But they're going to go through it and piece it together piece by piece. But we look at somebody like, uh, we got uh, Henry... Uh, Lee Lucas? We got Henry Lee Lucas. That is a man that uh, he claimed to murder hundreds of people. Yep. He was a drifter. So that's a part of it. So he did have the wherewithal. He right. could have done it. Because that was the first thing I said when I when I read it. I was like... Well, was he like a truck driver? Because sure. a lot of times truck drivers, those guys, because the idea is that you could go back and forth. He murdered quite often the less dead, it seemed to be, with right. sex workers and people that went missing, homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll find out. We'll find out. And, of course, out. there was also that story about, uh, what was the name of the little guy? The guy, he was he was horrible. Pee-wee Gaskins. Yeah, Pee-wee. He also uh, might have... That's fine, uh, too. That's fine, too. I, but I feel like he is a man that is a... Uh, he did that uh, on purpose because he was a little guy. Right. So since Little's confession, he has been linked to 30 unsolved crimes, and authorities have confirmed his role in at least nine other cases. Uh, Law enforcement agencies are going to continue to go into it. Uh, This is a quote. They say, so far, we don't have any false information coming from him. So, so far, every investigation or all of the crimes that he has admitted to do as they slowly go through them, so far, he's he's knocking it out of the park. They're like, yep, well, that's definitely him. So, who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. And if he happens to be the most prolific serial killer, I mean, then you will unfortunately end up... As an episode on last podcast on the left. Perhaps. And so we will end up going so down where, at some point. 
so where would he, I don't even like to use these terms, but I, well, this is what it is. Where would he rank, I guess? Randy Kraft, another serial killer, he claimed to kill as many as 65 people and was convicted of killing 16, uh, convicted of 49 murders. Of course, we know the Green River killer, Gary Ridgway. So if this dude comes in with 90, not that it's a game or a sport, but it would be significantly higher uh, than right now what is considered to be America's most prol- uh, prolific uh, serial killer. So it's uh, it's definitely a story we'll we'll follow up on. It, how long do you think it's going to take for them to go through 90 or now, I guess, 81 uh, more murders? I mean, it's going to be a long slog. Two, three hours. <laughs> a couple of I Google searches. It's pretty easy. I think all shit's going to be pretty easy. I think they're going to slap us all shit together and we'll have all this in the bag by Christmas. All right, perfect. I love it. Okay. That's my fucking schedule. I know what you're up to. So he was a hoss too. He's about six foot three, two hundred pounds. Um, no, he's a scary. He's a scary individual. Yes, indeed. All right. Do it we, is one of those that we talk about all the time. That it's never the ones that you don't see coming. It's <coughs> always the ones that you definitely see coming. Uh, the ones that you definitely see coming, I feel, are even more dangerous than the ones you don't see coming oh, because you see sure. them coming, and they <laughs> they come and they do bad. They do bad things to you, even though you're like. I know you're going to do bad stuff. Right. And also to be choked and stuff. You're like, oh, I was right. I was right. Saw that coming. Just the saddest. Yeah, yeah. saw that coming. That's a, those, are, those are horrible last words. Be like, saw that coming. Should have <laughs> reacted differently when I saw that coming. Ah. All right. <laughs> ah, well. Do we want to do this story about the mom accused of murder in Ohio? Or- I mean, I feel like this is a, we need to just do this first. We need to do that story. First episode. First, first story now. Sure. So, and so we, are, we have run out of time, but we're going to do this story of the Ohio execution style murders yes next week we will and we'll have a little bit more information we got some court dates coming up for them so we'll have a little bit more insight uh into um what the hell happened and what's going to happen uh as that family now uh the wagner family the wagner family so well thank you all so much for listening and again uh the correction it is november 29th in indianapolis that's when we will be there so uh we can that's when we'll be there we'll be there And i don't care if there's not a show because that's when i'll be doing a show yeah that's we booked it, but we have a fan base. We, I mean, it's okay. we're not lying. It's okay. We're not lying. I don't think Come so. Come and see the show. You'll see there are other people there. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we have definitely not faked our numbers or trumped any of our YouTube <laughs> shit with any sort of bot farm. No. no we never no. did that. We never no. would do that. Honestly, we never did that, and it took us a lot longer. <laughs> well, that's the problem is that we we did all it the hard way by having a fan base. Yeah. Not the, I don't, I'm, I disagree with it. Yeah, because I feel like we should have cheated. Well, there was a lot of, when uh, when everyone started with the Twitter and Facebook. I know yeah. I know comedians personally. No, not no no one that you all know. It's you know, but they would be like, I just bought a million followers on Twitter, and be like, you're an open mic comedian. Like I know you don't they, have a million followers. Need, I like, know you haven't gone viral. Anyway. I know you haven't gone viral because you're the I only know you because you are literally standing in front of me. Yeah, and we are both very not successful. I know that yeah. because you're standing by me, and I am not <laughs> successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Well, oh, thank you man. so you much. You got to remember every day. Uh oh. Yeah, I live, man. Uh huh. Was I laughing yesterday? Not particularly. I had a rough day yesterday. Okay. You know what I mean? So I just lived, but I didn't stop loving. Good. Because my penis won't let me. That's great. So my penis and my mind and my heart won't let me stop loving. My penis is like the general, my mind is like the Secretary of Defense, and my hmm. heart. Is like the guns, pre- like guns, like guns. Not like the president. It's, it's like a firearm. It's the gun. It's the weapons. Okay. Well, um, it would so be good I if you had a leader. That. 
but something I thought that was even better for me to do yesterday is fucking smoke, jump, and twist. <laughs> I guess do something else. And again, if you have given to our Patreon, again, thank you so much. Be sure to check out this week's interview with Peter Biebergall. It is uh, absolutely fascinating. He's uh, he is a master of all things occult, so it's informative in many ways. Um, Who do I want to be when I grow up? Cool. All right, sure. everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. Hail me. Watch Trollville On Demand. Yes, check out Trollville. Vimeo.com slash On Demand slash Trollville. Watch. I will stop. I will stop promoting it when I make my money back. I swear to God. Well, I think we'll be hearing about it for a while. Um, <laughs> it, so might so. is, uh, it might and be If so. you get a chance, Netflix had a couple of great hits this, uh, this past couple of weeks. Haunted was actually really fun. It's really, really good. It was the episode Haunted two. Fucking- we'll, we'll actually we should cover what happened in episode two on this show. Um, there's a it's act- starting to pan out. Too. Yeah, they're starting to find out that the serial killer family might have been real. Yeah, yeah, so it's really interesting. And then there's one story that is some stories are like, holy shit, that's a serial killer family. And then there's another story where the girl was like, and they called me in school, Scary McGarry, and like you're like, well, this family had a serial killer for a dad, and they called you Scary McGarry, but you know, yeah. I would also say, and this is a shout. This is a shout out for my favorite cheesy horror. Uh, what I like to watch, I prefer this to American Horror Story, um, but it is uh, Channel Zero. I've talked about it again, and the new yeah. season's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I've been meaning to catch up on that or begin it actually. So yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hail me. Hail yourselves. Now. Hey, Side Stories listeners, this is Henry Zabrowski. Uh, You may recognize me. I'm the host of this podcast along with the other fucking monster, Ben Kissel. And I'm here to tell you about Trollville, a new series brought to you and created by me, Natalie Jean, and Sina Ghaznavi. This show is about what happens when you take an internet troll and you watch his online behavior slip into his real life and see how does it change him is he ready to join society we've made this project with a lot of love on our own dime i'm really hoping you guys will enjoy it it's a dollar 99 per episode and five dollars for the entire series it's over 50 minutes of my body jiggling back and forth we're really really proud of it and we hope you guys can check it out it's on vimeo the url is vimeo.com slash on demand slash trollville again that's vimeo.com slash on demand slash Trollville, which is troll as in pieces of troll, and Ville, V-I-L-L-E. Please check it out. I think it's a fucking masterpiece for my sweet, slippery fingers. Hail Satan. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs who are looking to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for a creative way to increase revenue and give your family and friends the holiday treats they deserve, then you need to get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. If I needed to give a class on digging holes, I'd do it. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand. Upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills. And tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or you can sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash left.